Democracy's basement to your ears. This is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Every week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet in the sub-sub-sub-basement of Regina City Hall, where they write reports, make recommendations, follow policy, and stave off dehydration by collecting condensation from the pipes in the boiler room. One day, maybe, they'll escape from the maze of the basement, but until then, the city isn't going to improve itself. This meeting is now in session. Hey! Oh, hello. How are you doing? Good. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't see you there. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm standing behind this pipe ominously. Oh, okay. You know, our meeting should be a little less ominous. I was gonna put in like write a note about that. I was actually gonna like jump out and scare you. I wanted. I wanted a jump scare to start off the meeting, but you oh. evidently saw me. Yes. And yeah. And it's. I'm. You know. I'm getting a little paunchy. <laughs> and I can't hide behind the pipes like I used to. No, so I wasn't so much jump scared as jump confused. Yeah, sorry maybe about that. Jump nonplussed, maybe. Right. right. I'll try harder next time. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll go the extra mile to scare you, Aiden. Wow. Considering there's yeah. probably only like 500 square feet in this uh, in this basement, so it's amazing how to. small it is. It is really tiny, but we have to find ways to amuse ourselves. Yeah, precisely. Uh, should we do attendance? We should do attendance. Okay, first attendee tonight, uh, Chuny Petal. Chuny Petal. No, nobody's claiming that name. Wait, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay, I'm surprised. Um, she, I thought she'd be really excited to be here. Yeah. I mean, get this, before Kim Kardashian West, before... You know, Paris Hilton before Eve Babbitts. Uh, oh my God! Yeah, there was. That's going there back was a while. Chuni Petal, the California It Girl of the sixties. Yeah. Um She uh, she burst onto the scene and uh, claimed to be able to commune with like sea lions and stuff. That was yeah. a thing in the sixties that she people was. really dug. I think her devotion to sea lions actually kind of ruined her career. I'm going to quote Robert Redford here. He said. She was like no one else because no one else tried to live with sea lions. Also, I think we got married in 76. Am I still married to her? Could someone check on that? Huh. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm curious what she's going to have to contribute to a meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. I mean, apart from sea um, lions. Uh, actually, it, uh, you know what? I'm a little disappointed. I really wanted to see what she was up to, but I think I've mixed up the letters in her name. Oh. Uh, hold on. I uh, should be Paul Deschen. That's me. Oh, okay. So you're here. Mark me present. Present. And second attendee, we also have, oh, Marana Dogney. Marana Dogney? Marana Dogney. The Marana Dogney? Yes. As you guessed, uh-huh. the world's first and only Chuny Petal impersonator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, when asked why she chose Chuny Petal to impersonate, she said, My mother told me to specialize, find a niche, 
and then st- stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good advice. My mom told me the same thing. That's right. She said, Paul, you've got an interest in asphalt. It'll take you places. The That's asphalt right. will. I think she was meaning you should probably go. Uh, yeah. I was like, I was like thirty-five. Yeah, you, should leave, you should leave the house. Yeah, yeah I get you. Yeah, uh, and that I should get you know hit the pavement. I think is what she was trying to say. Right. <laughs> Wait, actually, she said hit the pavement right after oh, that. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm starting. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to get a picture here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I wound up here. Oh, nice. Yeah. My wow. interest in asphalt has carried me all the way. All the way to the basement. All the way to the basement. Yeah. Several, several floors down. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, Chuni's, uh, Chuni had a meteoric rise to obscurity. Uh, really? In the 70s. Yeah. And uh, it was the stuff of very rarely recalled legend. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and her career faded out a bit. Uh, when it said here, uh, when Chuni Petal actually herself forgot who she was and went to live in San Diego with some sea lions. Oh. Yeah. I'm glad the story ends happily. I know. Um, but anyway, she's still an impersonator. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, this is awkward. I think I've actually mixed up the letters in her name. Oh, no. Hold on. It should be Aiden Morgan. That's you. I saw myself earlier, yeah. like in the mirror. So I thought, yep. I must be here. Why wasn't I on the list? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That was, uh, you should have, like, made a note <laughs> to yourself. I, I should have. I should have. You yourself in the mirror. I should have, I should have said, perhaps this, these people are not going to show up, and it's perhaps it's going to be me and Paul again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is. My, I should learn my lesson. Yeah. It, it, it is us, though. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so, uh... Is this meeting in order? I can believe we, like, can we, we meet have now? all attendees. Do we have quorum? Dang, no. We do not have quorum. Well, one day we'll have quorum. Well, I have faith. Nothing will be official, but we better do our job anyways. Precisely. Right. And we actually have uh, a guest here to present a report. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is it an improvement vector candidate? It is an improvement vector candidate. Oh, cool. Yeah. Hey, uh, I do believe, according to my notes, you are Nairn McKay. I am indeed. Hey, Nairn. Thanks for coming down into the sub basement to talk to us today. It's it's a it's been a slice. It's quite an experience getting here. Yes, <laughs> a little dank, but otherwise it's generally yeah. okay. It's certainly atmospheric. <laughs> That's true. All right. I hope you made little chalk marks on your way down. Breadcrumbs? Is that going to work? Ooh. I doubt it. I was pretty hungry. <laughs> I was actually going to talk about the breadcrumbs I had for supper. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you didn't share any breadcrumbs. Well, you know, I said I asked if you wanted some of my uh, Caesar salad. Right. That had delicious croutons in quotation marks. Uh, They were really just breadcrumbs. Yeah, you've you've tried that before. And the salad was just tape. Yeah, I'm not getting fooled again. Okay. Yeah, that's a very sticky salad, sir. Yeah. Yeah. But filling. It sticks to your ribs. Lots of cellulose. Lots of cellulose. Highly adhesive. Yeah. And some horse. (laughs) Uh, Nairn, I've got a big, like, empty uh, line next to your name. Uh, So... I, I I know you as, like, a community activist. Is that how I... Is that under... Occupation is that well, what I should I put you down as? I have described myself before as activist at large. I mean, activist, I, do, I like that. Yeah, activist at large. Okay, yeah. it is official now in our logbook. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, no, uh, no battle too small, no, 
no trouble too large. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you were gonna uh, you're gonna talk to us today about um, the city, uh, not the city. Sorry, uh, the Saskatchewan rental housing uh, supplement. Yes. Uh, that the province pays out to um, people. Um, we know what it is, but could you explain it to us? Okay, now I could get long and wonkish or short and succinct. Uh, we do good with short. We'll, we'll do good with short. Okay, yeah, we, can, we can get wonkier as we go. Okay, yeah. we'll get wonkier as we go. Basically, it is, as the title suggests, a supplement to help people pay for their rental housing. It is for families who uh, receive either child support or employment earnings uh, or are on the social assistance program or the said program that's the uh, income support for disabled people uh, anyone on said whose housing supports their needs can also access the supplement right and uh, according to the formula, it can make up to about 30% of the cost of rent. Right. Now, the key thing, as we all in the room know, because we're bureaucrats and we know those things, well, I'm an activist, so <laughs> not a bureaucrat, uh, no, is that in the last budget, the Saskatchewan party, the Finance Minister Donna Harpower announced that after June 30th, no new applications will be taken for the supplement. Oh, well, this must be good. This must mean that the housing, housing so well, the problems are solved. <gasps> so everybody must have enough money for housing and they don't need like supplements would be there to supplement income. And if people don't need supplements anymore, problem solved, right? Indeed. <laughs> That's totally what we don't expect to happen. No? No, no, um. no, no. Uh, vacancy rates, in theory, are up, but they're up at the higher range of the rental market. Right. Uh, so, like, the market rental rates and above... You have like a vacancy rate. It's what about seven percent or more? Not than that? anywhere from nine to well, some areas are reporting twelve, but they're few and far between. But around, mm -hmm. you know, so they are increased. Right. Uh, in that range, too, rents have dropped ten percent. But among right. the uh, what would be considered lower end of the market, they have hardly budged. It still costs uh, upwards of a thousand dollars for a one-bedroom, on average, in right. Regina. But this is a supplement for the whole province. So there are they break it down into by zones and areas. But the general the general thing is housing for low-income people has not become more affordable. Right. Hmm. And the supplement, this is, this isn't a ton of money that people get, are getting. Like I've got here, uh, three hundred up to three hundred and five dollars a month for a whole family. Yeah. And uh, two hundred and fifty-six dollars a month for somebody uh, who's been receiving a disability supplement. So mm -hmm. these are people who might have um, special needs in the form of housing that yes. they can even be in, uh, and certainly a lot less choice 
about uh, what housing they can access. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I know the minister, Paul Merriman, was suggesting that people should be moving into the subsidized housing, even though the majority of the housing, it, a, a substantial amount of what's vacant is earmarked for seniors. Hmm. Uh, and much of what's left is n- not in... Uh, good condition. Uh, it's either got pest problems, structural problems, mold. So of the 700 and some odd units that he cited, we've got a freedom of information request in. Uh, we don't know exactly how many of those are actually suitable for the people receiving the supplement now. Right. Huh. Um, has has the provincial government offered any kind of explanation for why they are uh, winding down this program or halting the program? They cite the single statistics of higher vacancy rates. That's it. That's it. Hmm. That's it. So magically, rent. Oh, oh, and uh, a planned national housing benefit two years from now. Right which I learned at a seminar at the, used to be called the Learneds, the Congress for Mm -hmm. the Humanities and Social Sciences. There was, there were a few uh, seminars with the bureaucrats from, uh, the federal bureaucrats working on the housing strategy. So two years down the road, they're planning a housing benefit ranging from 200 to $250 a month. So not exactly a replacement. Right. But we're supposed to... So it's even less money. It's even less money, and we're supposed yeah. to hang our hats on something uh, uh, two years down the road during an election year. <coughs> daycare supplement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. We, we, we've seen how well that's worked before with Promise Programming. Right. True enough. Um, the... So, and that program would be with the federal government. So it's all. It also depends on whether or not we we've seen what a great relationship our Saskatchewan provincial government has had with the federal government, and what great partners they're working out. They can't to stop be. being buddies. They really can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carbon tax. <laughs> um. yeah. Well, I should mention we are the Queen City Improvement Bureau on ninety one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio, and we're speaking with. Activist at large, Naren McKay, about, currently about the uh, the Saskatchewan rental housing supplement, which is being wound down at the end of the month. Right. Well, and and they made a warm fuzzy too. Oh, we like warm fuzzies down here because yeah, it's kind yeah, of it's, damp and cold it, down here. There's a grandfathering. The people currently on the program will be grandfathered, mm-hmm. so that they stay on the program unless their circumstances change. Uh huh. Uh huh. But by how much? Like, what? I mean, when they say, like, what does that actually mean to say their circumstances change? We're still not sure. Oh, okay. So, say your housing, you've been in the same housing, you've been getting the supplement for almost 10 years, but the landlord's been barely maintaining it. Mm-hmm. You have a flood, you get mold, he's not abating it, you have to move. Right. That sounds like a change in circumstance to me. It sounds a bit like a change in circumstance. Mm. Or say 
you realize, you know, you're a poor family, but your 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 spouse has been getting kind of violent. You got kids. Right. You got a responsibility to look after those kids, and that may mean leaving. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's uh that's a change in family status. Very much. Yeah. And there's a whole other range of things and difficulties that you encounter with that. Um, it would be it would be a shame if if on top of that you you were no longer able to receive the supplements you were grandfathered into. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Here's another insidious one. Um on the supplement, you're required to phone in and report when there's a change in income or a change, and, and, and no matter what, you call in every three months to give a report. Um, leading complaint to the ombudsman is how people cannot get through to the call center to make the reports. Wow. People have been cut off temporarily because they couldn't make the report. They've had to reapply. Now, if they're not accepting new applications, and, you know, honestly, sometimes people forget. I went to jail one evening because of absent-mindedness. Sorry? Yeah, I I forgot about some parking tickets. Long story. You know, people do forget some incredibly obvious things, and it happened all mm-hmm. of the time. So, so the the great I and I don't want to worry people that are on the supplement now. We will fight for you, but this grandfathering warm fuzzy isn't so warm or so fuzzy. Right. right. So there's, yeah, there's lots. Sounds to me as if there's lots of room to wiggle out of that. Yeah. Indeed, indeed, and and I mean it's up to the. Uh, up to those of us who aren't afraid of retaliation to try holding the government's feet to the fire on this. Right. Um, and you mentioned that people who are on the supplement, they have to report every, three times? Every three months. Every yes. three months, sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I don't recall ever having to do that for my housing. I mean, I squat in the basement here, <laughs> but nobody expects me to, you know, let them know if my my. If you know anything has changed about me every three mo- every three months, do you have to like report to the government about your housing every three months? Not so far. So if you are poor and on a program, you have like extra expectations about what you're going to do with your day, just to sort of prove that your situation is poor. Right. Exactly, exactly. No one respects your time when you're poor because you can be on hold or sitting by the phone waiting for them to call back, any of a number of things, Mm -hmm. because you have nothing better to do with your day. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And you'll have, like, other programs. Because there's multiple programs. There's five programs in the province, right? That's right. That all have their own requirements and application procedures. That sounds like a lot of work. It's, It's... Government bureaucracy makes poverty just more work than a regular job sometimes. It is. Yes. Yeah. Poverty can be a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 And and if you're not able to afford your groceries, you have to go into a parallel bureaucratic system. I mean, the food bank has an intake structure mm-hmm. where you have an interview with a worker where they decide whether you're poor enough to need to be given food. Mm-hmm. This this just sounds. I mean, 
it, it just it just sounds like a nightmare, like just a waking nightmare to have to like constantly navigate bureaucratic hurdles in order just to prove to some bureaucrats that you do indeed deserve to like have the basics of live. life. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. And two, then there are the feeding programs, which. Uh, if they're short-staffed or something like that. I know there's one lunch program that had to do some renovations, so they shut down for three months. And uh, So you'll go knocking on their door, or, or one program, they run out of food pretty quickly, so you have to go up the street to the next feeding program. Mm-hmm. You know, So that that kind of thing, no one in our society is more heavily scrutinized than poor people. Uh, no one respects your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone has a story about that one person who is working the system, and I'm sure they're cheating. Oh, yeah, right. that guy. I know who that you're talking guy. about. Yeah, that one he guy. He begs down on the corner, and I saw him once. He finished begging for the day, right. and he t- went around the corner, and he got into a limousine. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, guy, I know that guy. Yeah. I saw a guy who got into a solid gold rocket. And just like jetted off. Yeah, but crazy. Same guy. Yep. Same guy. But it was you know two days later with all right. of his you know his the money he panhandled. <laughs> you buy that limousine. Yeah. On top of his solid gold rocket. Yes. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, making fun of this and and being angry about it, I think that's that's, that's pretty easy. Um, but what, what I'm curious, I'm curious about. When when you say you're holding the government's feet to the fire over this, what sort of activities uh, do you do, or what's what's what are you demanding from government in this case? Well, in the short term, we want them to not end the supplement. Right. There, there's there, there's simply nothing there to replace it at the moment. We want uh, to look at housing and affordability. Um, uh, and uh, and and general adequacy of rates. Uh, if you're your base, a family on assistance with two children, their the housing portion of their allowance is seven hundred and eleven dollars. That's without the supplement. Um, if now, there's another program, and it's a, 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 most people on the program, it's called the T program, the transition to employment allowance. You you wouldn't be eligible for the rental supplement, but it's it's sort of to address the notion that yeah, sometimes you run you run out of EI, you need a transition. Um, so it's meant to be short term. Although we're finding people are on for a couple three four years, it's in Regina less than six hundred dollars a month, and that's not for your rent. That's for everything. Wow. That is for everything. The fastest growing demographic of poor people is single people over 50. Now, when the T program was first rolled out, it was pretty much a given that you didn't go on T if you were over 50 because you're, it's harder to find work. Mm-hmm. It's it's a simple fact. People do, but it is more difficult. Um and so they would transition them to the program called the socialist, the regular socialist system, which is slightly less inadequate, but still inadequate. Uh, on the T program, you have to phone every week to report <laughs> your job search. Oh, yeah. How many jobs you applied for that 
week. Right. What jobs you applied for and the references. Yeah. So, so again, there's the scrutiny, there's the lack of the respect for time, and there's the inadequacy to begin with. So I, I, I'm thinking about those people with the limousines. Where the heck do you get the time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, where do you find the time to cheat in the first place? Yeah. It's, it's, and as for laying around, well, I don't know. I uh, think I'd be more inclined to get a job if there was one. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. We're going to have to move on with the agenda, Nairn. Okay. Um, where can, if people are fired up and want to like get in touch with you and help out with the activism, uh, where can they do that? They can go to the End Poverty Regina Facebook page, okay. or the email is End Poverty um, End Poverty Regina at Gmail dot com. Cool. And you can stick around for the oh, rest of will. the meeting. Excellent. Oh, indeed. Um, so, how did she do? Uh, well, I looked at my complicated rubric and. Uh, forgot to write anything down uh so i'm making a judgment call she qualifies as an improvement vector i like that kind of decisive action oh me too it's like i mean after like the anti-bureaucratic sort of like sort not of that we talk. have anything against bureaucrats no so not nothing at all because we are two of them uh so i'm presenting you with a uh, improvement vector certificate oh thank you Caref carefully researched uh now you do have to Call in every two weeks. I didn't know activities. you knew ancient Celtic. I do. I wow, do. I am so <laughs> impressed. I, thank you very much. Although you did put the apostrophe in the wrong place, but that's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, nonetheless. you know, it's uh, my well, my degree is is getting out of date now. So, so yeah. I do. There you go. <laughs> he skipped apostrophe day. I skipped apostrophe. Exactly. We were playing hacky sack in the quad <laughs> on apostrophe day. <laughs> that's true. And we were pretty high the rest of the time. Yeah. But, you know, that's from college. Anyway, um, all right. <laughs> so we're going to move on to the next uh, item on the agenda, which is uh, innovative revenue tools. Ooh. That's where we look at ways that the city can generate revenue in an innovative fashion yeah. by employing tools. Don't don't mansplain to me. I know what an innovative revenue tool is. I'm sorry. It's in the script. Oh, okay. Mansplain to Aiden. <laughs> cool. Yeah. As, long, as long as it's uh, all uh, part of the plan. Yeah. Uh, so I had one today. Uh, an interesting thing happened to me last week. Um, I was job shadowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had me upstairs um, working the phones. Basically somebody, you know needed some time away uh, from the phones and so I took some time on the phones and uh, you know people were calling in with their complaints and their concerns and their issues with the city there's the info line that 777 number and um, somebody phoned me up and they talked about how you know there's been all these elm seeds in the core of the city that have been falling everywhere and uh, you know the street cleaner trucks haven't been around lately uh, these things are starting to decay and when these elm seeds start to rot they smell really bad they kind of smell sort of like a fart and um oh is that what that is yeah okay. so the guy says oh yeah so these elm seeds decaying uh, smelling like a fart and i said well you know if you smelt it you dealt it and he was, he nice. was flummoxed nice. <laughs> and um <laughs> so then for the rest of the day when people called him with complaints about elm seeds i was just like you smelt it you dealt it and it will that shut them up and you know they, they left me alone and that's 
I feel a plus. That's like, you know, I, doing my job. I'm, I have to confess, I'm actually waiting for the revenue part at this point. Well, you see, it's not so much revenue as a, um, a cost savings in that what we're, I think we should just implement a you smelt it, you dealt it rule just across the board at the city. Nice. And oh, I'm going to call it the you smelt it, you deal with it program where if people f- smell something that's pro- kind of a problem, like, you know, busted water main right, or, you lake. know, the lake, yes. elm seeds, they deal with it. And then we don't have to worry about it anymore. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. So that's it. That's my innovative revenue tool for the week. Very nice. Yeah. Some simple and effective. Thanks. All right. Uh, so anyways, if that doesn't work, we've got a few more recorded here and I'll play them right now. Hi, I'm local blogger Kenton DeYoung. Did you know Wascana Center is three times bigger than New York Central Park and two and a half times bigger than Vancouver's Stanley Park? It was designed by Minoru Yamasaki, the same person who designed the original World Trade Center in New York City. It's a Regina fact. You'll find more Regina facts on my blog, KentonDeYoung.com, and every week on the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 CJTR Regina Community Radio. Now no. the mic is working. No. That's now better. It's all much better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, that was a fascinating Regina fact. It was. Uh, and because Kenton DeYoung gave us a city of Regina fact, I like to follow those up with a little Kenton DeYoung fact. Hit me. Kenton DeYoung invented, independently of anybody else, cold fusion. No. But he will not release his technology to the public. Does he, has he offered a reason? Uh, yes. Let's hear it. Pure spite. Oh, okay, fair. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's all. not much purer than pure spite. Exactly. No. It's 100%. You guys don't get this, this great technology which will transform the earth. Especially like spite that's powered by cold fusion. That's, that's actually what he uses it for. Yeah. Not, like, he only uses it to like fuel his, his sense of spite. <laughs> oh, uh, that Kenton. He's going to mellow out. He, he really should. You know, um, I have an idea what he could do to mellow out. What's that? He could smoke some cannabis. Mm. What's that you say? That is illegal, sir. No, not what? much longer. Not much longer? No, sir. When, when will this hard and fast moral law become suddenly... Like vanish, like like in clouds of like pot smoke or what have you. Well, that's a good question. Um, so apparently, it's supposed to be coming to an end. Uh, this whole criminalization of the uh, the marijuana. Fair enough. At the okay. July first, is it or is it July thirtieth? I wrote it down, and I I don't know where I wrote it down. <laughs> I was smoking so much cannabis when I put together my notes today, or maybe it was tape. <laughs> Well, with the tape salad. Yeah. 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 You must have had the serious munchies. Tape salad and breadcrumbs. I really did. I I think so. I mean, you smoke tape, you get the munchies, you eat tape. Uh, Much of our diet is tape-based, and our entertainment budget is spent on tape. Tape. Yeah. We like to keep things, you know, taped down. down. Yeah. Keep, Keep it adhesive. Yeah. Uh, well, you see, what happened was, um, okay, so anyways, the the federal government still hasn't actually got the legislation passed right. that is going to, uh, you know, legalize the marijuana. But that doesn't change the fact that uh, the municipal government of ours has to uh, come up with 
rules on, you know, if you want to open a shop that sells the marijuanas, mm-hmm. um, how do we zone for that? Because that's a new thing, and it must be zoned. Right. They could call it smoke zone. But they would say smoke zone or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then they would make up an acronym for it. So it would be S-Z, and Mm. um, nobody would know what that means. And then they would forget. It would be around for like 100 years, and then all the people would forget what S-Z zoning is, and then people would start to get it for their daycares and stuff. Oh, Because it, you know because for reasons for reasons um that's so that's book by roland bart yeah i said for reasons oh that said yeah so so now so that's a little bit of trivia for you a that's bit a of good bit of trivia. french literary theory trivia you. for you on this afternoon um so council was dealing with this at their last council meeting um what they were trying to sort out is you know how would the zoning be dealt with and they decided that they were going to go with a model that was similar to what they do for liquor stores and what they wanted was to put pot shops on in max zoning which is major arterial commercial oh okay and uh dsc which is designated shopping center okay it makes a lot of sense so it's going to be like on you know main roads and intersections where there's like shopping uh out in box store hell that's all max zoning Yep, so you could have a pot shop out there. Wow, that would be a very lot, like 20,000 square feet of yeah. pot. And then what happened is when it came to uh, committee, um, they were like, well, you know, this isn't nearly enough regulation for us. We don't feel comfortable with this, you know, allowing it to happen just anywhere. So we need buffer zones. Right, we need more and more rules and laws. Right. Yes, of course. So one of the buffer zones they came up with was uh, well, we don't want it anywhere near parks. We don't want it, we don't want it. We want it at least six hundred feet because we're Americans <laughs> now. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was one point eight six. Yeah, one point eight six something 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 because it's whatever six hundred feet is uh, meters uh, from a daycare, a park, a school, um, a enclosed arena a oh. recreation facility and then they had to go and they had to make a map that showed you know what the radius is around all of these things and so the the only the max zones dsc zones oh and downtown zone oh that are not overlapped with these will uh it, those are where we can have pot shops we need pot shops in arenas that would, you know, that would make a lot of what happens in arenas a lot more bearable. Right. Frankly. Well, you know, on the hockey parents. Good That's point. That's a good point. Yeah. Maybe if we could, parents. maybe we could have like a buffer zone so that there was no overlapping buffer zone on the ice where the kids are playing, but up in the stands where stands, the parents are. Right? Yeah. Would be totally cool. It could be almost mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I really like this idea. Yeah, those people coming around with the boxes on the straps, and they <laughs> yeah. could be like cigars, cigarettes, cannabis, gummy. What do they call gummy bears with cannabis? Hot dogs. Oh, um, pot dogs. Pot dogs. Pot dogs. That's pretty good. I think it's called them edibles, gummies. Yeah. I don't think those are legal. Like actually, I think that they could only be selling dried marijuana. You know? Oh. So edibles are are out. But no gummies. No gummies ones. are illegal too. Well, if they have, if they you have know, uh, marijuana in them. It just occurred to me that there was a time when gummies were new, and we didn't like put in a whole bunch of new rules about where we could like zone for gummy sales. <laughs> 
Because I remember the pre-gummy times, those when, dark days when there were no gummies. I don't, I don't remember. For me, my life started when gummy bears were sold. I, I have no idea where this is going now. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it is going places. There are places for this to go. Uh, because it didn't stop there. There's also a buffer zone saying that uh, you can't have that same buffer zone, that 600 feet. You can't have two cannabis shops o- overlapping. Their buffer zones can't, like, cross streams. Wait. Because they don't want to have them clumping. Uh, I I believe the phrase they used was, we don't want cannabis shops clumping together like stoners by the Mac store by a high school. I believe that's the the official, that was the official phrasing in the report that I wrote and I think got removed. (laughs) Good. Um, What else? Uh, they, but then they said, well, hang on a second. The downtown was like, hey, we've got a big honking park in the middle of downtown. And uh, that, that zone overlaps. This buffer zone overlaps all of downtown. So they said, okay, well, we'll make it the downtown zone. It's, like, allowable. But then uh, the committee said, well, no, it's not enough rules. <laughs> We're going to make it a discretionary use in downtown so that anybody who wants to have a pot shop downtown, they can do it anywhere downtown but they have to bring it to council first. They have to bring their pot shop to council. Literally, they have to bring their pot shop to council. Yeah. <gasps> just maybe on their backs. I, they, yeah. just, they just want weed. I, I think, think so. So. Um, so you're probably wondering, why all of this concern? Why all of this, like, mucking about in the rules uh, for um, for pot? Surely there must be, like, a lot of, like, outrage and concern about pot in Regina uh, becoming legalized. Well, you know what? I've got some recordings from that council meeting on that very subject. Well, let's hear them. I do want to read a very short note that uh, was sent to councillors by a resident, because I think that her note sets it out in a little less clinical way, uh, but a little more uh, uh, understandable way. I have three daughters who dance across the street from one of the illegally run dispensaries. Having seen this in action for the past year gives me a few concerns. First is the sheer amount of traffic that is coming and going constantly while young students are being dropped off for dance classes right across the street. Second is that the patrons won't always wait to use their purchases until they were clear of the property and as a result there were a number of times that there were patrons openly using their purchases in sight and smell of small chill of our children. I think the rationale... I, I guess what's important to recognize is that was the only concern that we received. And as the council represents the downtown, there was zero concern over the status quo. So few people engaged or felt outrage over this issue in the, in the last few months, actually, when we knew this was on the horizon. So I think... It's a bit of an exaggeration to levy this as a reason that we need to change this. And secondly, as a parent, if I'm downtown, there is a dispensary. It's called Victoria Park. It's already being used. I would prefer that we had a legal retail outlet downtown. My conversations with individuals associated with the Y and other community-based organizations, no evident concern. The other thing that my children are going to see when they're downtown are people smoking on sidewalks and they're going to say and again I say and again I don't want to be obvious Planning Commission no opposition tonight no opposition number of phone calls I've had emails I had zero I have not had I have virtually no calls or letters about this issue I have people that come to talk to me about that but in terms of a of a an official 
uh, don't do this. Um, a couple when we first had the discussions, when we first became uh, uh, that we were going to be moving forward to July 1st, I had some letters of concern, others supporting, and certainly with respect to the police service uh, enforcing the existing laws related to dispensers that are illegal, I got lots of letters on that one, lots of calls on that. But the issue of legalization is not an issue. And the reason I, I believe that and know that is because I'm convinced that, that, that residents believe that local governments are, are taking care of them. They're doing what they can with respect to buffer zones in this case where those six are going to be going. So I think they're, they're, they're excused with that. All right, so that was in order. Councillors Hawkins, Stevens, O'Donnell, and Fougere all pointing. Well, Councillor Hawkins, uh, the one letter that they received right. about this, and then uh, Stevens, O'Donnell, and Fougere pointing out that there have been no other calls. And so naturally when nobody is concerned about a zoning issue, we'd better spend two hours at a council meeting mucking about with the right. zoning recommendations. I think I think in order to really pass this through with no more fuss is we start introducing strains named after council members. Strains of marijuana. Really? We can do that? Yeah. We could start selling Fouge Air. <gasps> I Hawk like in Hawkins. Yeah. For yeah, that's example. that's the strain that uh all the outrage gets. You that's know. A, no. <laughs> I think, I think actually nothing would make Hawkins more flummoxed than uh, having like a, a actual like strain of weed named after him. Uh, we actually we've had Hawkins on the show at least twice, twice. Um, and he's a he's a good sport about about our show. <laughs> we've had him uh, on for like the most bonkers episodes. Oh, I, I know. think it's, and it's true. And, about it. and, and it's just and and we like to we we, li we like to to uh, poke fun at him. Uh, all the time, <laughs> but, but he's but, it's, but he's so poke funnable. He's poke funnable. Yes, he's yeah. poke funnable. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I find it amusing that they would say, you know, because normally if there's like a big ton, a crap ton of phone calls, that's when they go all berserk at council. But this time we had nothing, nothing. Um, what else do we have here? There's a silent majority. Yeah. So, yes, exactly. The, yeah. the ones, the ones who say nothing, and yet. Yet. So on the subject, though, of uh, discretionary use, there's something, oh, I should first mention, this is the uh, Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Uh, we're talking with uh, Gadabout, Gadabout Town, Aaron McKay, and uh, we're talking about uh, City Council and their uh, zoning rules uh, for pot. Um, I mentioned the discretionary use in the downtown zone. You did. The fact that uh, only in the MAC corridor in the warehouse district can you will you be allowed to sell pot. Uh, this had uh, the BIDs, friends of the, the Bureau, uh, Judith Verisak from the Regina mm -hmm. Downtown mm -hmm. Business Improvement District, and Lisa Gibbons from the Warehouse Business uh, Improvement District, uh, turned out to say that, you know, they liked count, uh, administration's original uh Recommendation was, you know, just be able to sell the pot, you know, wherever in these uh, these zones like downtown and in warehouse. Right. Um, and so now there's all of these discretionary use requirements. So they had some concerns about the discretionary use. I uh, I've got a recording here of what they had oh. to say and how that turned out. Let's hear that. Nope. Hang on. 
After careful consideration of the proposed cannabis zoning regulations and consultation with RDBIN membership, Regina Downtown Business Improvement District supports the original bylaw amendment proposed by City of Regina Administration that was presented at the May 2nd, 2018 Regina Planning Commission. RDBID does not support the designation of cannabis retail stores as a discretionary use in the downtown district. RDBID is concerned that by having two different approval processes for cannabis retail stores for the downtown district will put downtown Regina at a locational disadvantage when businesses are determining where to invest in a cannabis retail store. Requiring discretionary approval will deter investors from locating cannabis retail stores in downtown, especially if it is a more streamlined process to locate the same use in a major arterial commercial or designated shopping center zone. Cannabis retail stores should have the same permitted use approval across all designated zones, including downtown. Thank you very much, Your Worship. Ms. Fersick, you indicate that when you were consulting with your members that they favored a policy that was business friendly, and I understand that. Did they talk at all about the need to provide underage people, those who can't purchase legally, with protection? They did not discuss that. However, speaking freely, that is happening already. But they didn't discuss, just so I'm clear, so we're all clear, they didn't discuss the need to protect younger people in the designated areas that the city has set out, schools, parks, daycare centers, enclosed rinks, that kind of thing. That wasn't a consideration in your discussions with your group? The focus has always been on how this rolls out in downtown, so we did not have conversations about how buffer zones work in areas outside of downtown. My name is Lisa Gibbons, and I am the Executive Director for Regina's Warehouse Business Improvement District. I'm here tonight to speak in support of the cannabis zoning regulation as originally proposed by administration. We would like to address two items. One is the extension of the approved use to include Warehouse District as a whole, as it's described in the official community plan. And two, removing the amendment of discretionary use. The Warehouse District already contains MAC and DSC shopping. One last question, Your Worship. Your members would be used to the concept of discretionary use and to applying for discretionary uses, is that correct? Pardon me? Your members would be used to the concept of a discretionary use and the application for discretionary uses. Many of them must have been involved in that process many times. I guess that's why they don't want it. Perhaps they're all successful. Perhaps you could elaborate a little bit more on the difference between discretionary use and permitted use and how this debate unfolded in Planning Commission. I understand administration first came forward with permitted use in all of these different zones. It changed. What's the process in terms of getting an application submitted and finally approved? What's the time and cost difference between these two? Mr. Searle? Your Worship, the fee for a standard discretionary use application is $2,500, and our processing time is approximately four months. All right. So that was at the last council meeting. That was in order. Judith Verasak, Councillor Hawkins, followed by Lisa Gibbons, and Councillor Stevens with a question that was answered from the administration, Fred Searle. 
Yeah. yeah. So discretionary uses. Uh, downtown and uh, warehouse are not too happy about it. Well, could it be that if you actually don't want something to happen in this city, you slap a discretionary use <laughs> regulation so it takes months to process and costs 2500 bucks? Yeah. Could it be? Yeah, I should note, uh, just in case anybody doesn't I mean, we talk about discretionary use enough in these meetings, uh, but what they are is uh, there are allowed uses where if you want to build, I don't know, like a I don't know, like a, a hot dog stand in a commercial zone. You can just put it in. You go, you get a business license. You go to city administration. Mm -hmm. You say, I want to put a hot dog stand here, and they can just deal with it administratively. A discretionary use, however, there's a list of things that you can have in a zone, but you have to take them to council first. And as we heard, you have to pay, like, you have to go through a whole months-long discretionary use process to get that sorted out. So, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, given that it's cannabis, they're kind of hoping that you forget what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And you just, you know, wander off. A little bit How of that time be? dilation in that four months just seems right. like, you know, yeah. wishy-washy time. That's right. Yeah, they'll come and say, hey, your, your discretionary use has been approved. And they'll say, for what? <laughs> so there you go. That's, that's what they're counting on. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I have I have to say uh, that that strikes me as being no no wonder the warehouse district and business improvement district are not or downtown district are not yeah. uh, thrilled by, yeah. by this notion. So yeah, so there was so that happened. Um, more rules were passed. Uh, there was a whole bunch of motions that came and went through that meeting. Almost two hours were spent discussing it, the, but the zoning rules are now passed. We have to wait till the end of this month for the actual bylaw to come forward because council has actually sufficiently changed things that they couldn't come forward with a bylaw at that council meeting, which is normally how these things go. You have the bylaw prepared, it gets passed or not passed, and if it gets passed, you just pass the bylaw following that. But this time, administration was like, yeah, can we take this back for a month? <laughs> And make sure that we've, because you know, they had like this pile of notes everywhere. They were writing down, and everybody was typing up. Nobody Every, brought Doritos. Nobody brought Doritos. <laughs> so uh, we will have to wait, and so that means that there will be another kick at the can. Uh, there is like a during the reading procedure. Uh, if Councillor Hawkins wants to uh, try to stymie things for another month, he could do that. Right. Well, he wants so, to protect the children. He does want to protect the children, although. The and, Children in the warehouse district. Yes, yeah, and in the enclosed arenas in the warehouse district, for yeah. example. Interestingly, these buffer zones do not exist for liquor stores or massage parlors. Yeah, we, we yeah. I've got. To, uh, I'll tell you my story about how they deal with massage parlors later at City Council. Um, they d yeah, there hasn't really been a whole lot of talk about that. Although, you know, adult entertainment is one of the things that uh, they were, like, sort of modeling this uh, zoning rule on. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, they they now have a rule that you can, not only when you, like, put in a pot shop, does it have to be, like, 600 feet away from a daycare. But if a daycare comes, a daycare can, it used to be that if the daycare wanted to locate next door to the pot shop, if they thought that was a good idea, they could do that under previous zoning rules. But for the first time, they passed a reciprocal uh, prohibition, so you can't have, to, you can't put a daycare next to a pot shop, 
which you know seems to make some sense hmm. but it is the first time this has ever been done and these rules don't exist for vape shops and they don't exist for liquor stores uh, there's a Connaught school has a vape shop across the street but there's no there's no like um, no buffer zone yeah. on other things that we have a problem with being near our children so it makes one question uh, I don't know and there's no like no buffer zone for like you know the whirling blade and constantly exploding fireworks store. Exactly. Yep. And it's right yep. across from a school. Yeah. More kids have died that way. I know. Nothing but you know, happened. kids love their whirling blades and fireworks. They do. Yeah. They really do. Yeah. Okay. Before we wrap it up, there were two other things that I thought we should just mention that were these are these are backlog things. Uh, backfill is a coming to um, the Capital Point site. It's, it's a con. The we, back, yeah. the I was hoping for a swimming pool with penguins. Yeah, sorry, Ooh. they're gonna fill that. They're gonna fill that guy in. Uh, yeah, that possible penguin pond, it's gone. The penguins will have to deal with dry land. Yeah, Westgate tried to get a. Um, they requested a stay on the city's backfill order on the site. We've talked about this ad nauseum mm -hmm. here. Uh, and the Saskatchewan Building and Accessibility Standards Boards rejected their request for a stay, so the city can now go ahead and get that work going. However, uh, that could take uh, 17 weeks to pull that off because they have to go through a whole um, tender process, and Yay. they have to find a contractor who can move 53,000 uh, cubic meters of dirt into that hole. <laughs> So it's going to take a bit of time. So there's the tendering process, which is one thing, but then there's the whole, like, moving that much dirt. So they'll have to dig up yeah. something. Yep. Something. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then, um, so, yeah, hopefully, I'm hoping that this will turn into the mother of all Queen City tender moments, though. I when think that tender so. comes out. I think yeah. it will. Yes. All right. But that's it. That That was actually released on, like, May 25th. That news came down, but... Uh, I was away and then forgot about it last week. So fair enough. Yeah. All right. Should we move to adjourn? We should move to adjourn. Nairn, thanks for coming in. And thank you. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so I second the motion to adjourn. All right. And uh, meeting is adjourned. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on ninety-one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Thanks again to our guest Nairn McKay, activist at large, for coming on and talking to us about the uh, rental supplement. Um, your hosts are Paul Deshen and Aidan Morgan. Music by Guy Wire, aka Ryan Hill. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Queen City IB. Message us with whatever floats your boat. Uh, also, you can find us on our website, Queen City IB. Com and on cjtr.ca slash podcasts where we can also be found. We are broadcast 7 to 8 on Thursday evenings and we broadcast Monday mornings 9 to 10 a.m. Um, what's next? Well, coming up next we've got the North Court Cabaret with Maddie V followed by the cockpit and then music all night long. That's it. Keep on improving, we're